This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, as much as I've enjoyed talking to you about uh, your COVID workout, your Australian uh, real estate empire, and potential names for your soon-to-be-born child that would get you another contract, the name has to be Dennis. The name Walt just lost its value, but the name Dennis is very valuable. There is no chance, (laughs) and I mean... There's no chance that is even in the pipeline. I know. That was, that was all me. Uh, as much as I've enjoyed all of that, and I have, uh, what we have today is real actual basketball news. It feels like real actual basketball is being played, which, of course, isn't true. But if there were basketball to be played in a couple months, if the league you know, does get going and everybody goes to Orlando or Vegas, however it works out, uh, you know, Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich having surgery, it's a huge development, a guy who's Taking a lot yeah. of three-pointers, a lot of pressure shots. He scores 20 points a game. He opens up the floor for other players, whether it's Donovan driving or someone like yourself shooting threes on the other side of the floor because they want to leave him. Uh, it's a big impact, and you must have thought a little bit about how things change for the club without him. So how do things change for the club without him? Who's got to pick up the load? Well, I hope I can get a couple of those shots. <laughs> um, no, it's obviously it's a, it's a big loss for us. And, um like he kind of said, like some of the numbers and, and what he does for us, not just scoring, um, but opening up the floor. And um, I, I think he's he's been really good defensively um, this year too. He's he's bought into that. And, um, I don't like it's not his strongest point, but if you're trying and you're doing your best, it's, it's what you can. So I think he's had a really good year with us, kind of up to date. And um, for him have to do what he had to do like uh, I don't know exactly when it happened but it, he's been playing with it for, for a long time and I mean you guys probably noticed some people probably noticed it um, he, he was playing through some pain um, I, I mean I remember watching while we were playing and seeing him constantly grab it and um, just to still shoot the way he was shooting and play the way he was playing is probably even more impressive than that because he um, was doing it obviously with a pretty pretty messed up wrist. Um, so I think of, uh, I mean, you guys have been here long, obviously a lot longer than I've been here, but since I've been here, it's um, we've had an unfortunate run with injuries at, at different times and it's always been the kind of next man up mentality and um, I don't think it's, anyone would say it's on me to now score 20 points a game or it's on Donovan to average 35 points a game or, or anything like that. It's uh, it's always been a collective um, effort, I guess, and we we all, um, like you said, like we all know what he what he meant to us. So we've all got to pick it up, and um, if we do get to go back and play, then we uh, we'll figure it out. But we've we've been hit with injuries the six years I've been here, so for us, it's a, 
a little bump in the road and hopefully he gets healthy and, and obviously comes back next year ready to go. As you look at the times that you've been here in the seasons, you look at this team, you know, you got Conley and Clarkson are new, but you got O'Neill emerging. I can argue, you know, certainly got Niang emerging, and then you're there already. Couldn't you say that this team is as best equipped since you've been here to handle the loss of a player of this caliber? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I think in the past, I mean, my, obviously our first couple of years was, it was Quinn figuring out a way to play and the style and, and who he wanted to play and who was obviously going to be here. And, and it ended up being me, me and Rudy since the first year, which is probably surprising to a lot of people. Um, the, my part, not, not Rudy's part. But, um, yeah, I think we've got the deepest team we've had. Um, it, it's funny when you, like you mentioned that and you, the, the names that you mentioned, but also like Emmanuel. Every time Emmanuel's had an opportunity or, or something's happened with Mike being out or other players being injured, he, he's played really well. So, um, yeah, those, like you said, the guys that you mentioned, I think you throw Emmanuel in there and um, we've obviously got a, a very deep team. So that's what I was kind of referring to. You, it's definitely not on one person. Um, maybe bits and pieces of our minutes go up a little bit or, or whatever, but overall I think it'll be a team effort of those guards to... Um, to, to kind of bring in what Boyan did. So a bigger challenge, uh, adapting to the loss of a 20-point-a-game guy who plays a huge role or to flipping the switch after basically having a two-going-on-three-month offseason and getting all juiced up and back into the flow again. Which is the bigger challenge? Because it seems like they're both significant. Yeah, I was going to say, probably, probably both. Um, honestly, I think the... The not playing for so long is, is probably harder um, purely because we, we've never been in this situation. We've, we've been in a situation where we've had Donovan out for games, we've had Rudy out, we've had in the past, we've had AB and, and guys obviously out for extended time and, and had to figure out ways. We've obviously Mike this year as well for, for that period of, of whatever um, amount of games it was. So I, I feel like as a basketball player and, and teams that everyone's been on, there, there's no one's not been on a team where someone hasn't been injured and you've had to play more or play less or play a bit of a different role or, or whatever it is. Uh, um, we've never been in a situation where we were warming up, got shut down, sat in the locker room for 12 hours, couldn't get a hotel, weren't allowed to do anything for two weeks, then still not, a, not be able to go into arenas until kind of very recently. So... Um, then obviously yesterday or the day before it comes out on social media or whatever that, that potentially some dates of, of starting up again so um, I think that's definitely going to be something that is going to be, be harder obviously the, the best approach to that and I'm, I'm glad I don't get paid to do that so I'll uh, let the the uh, people that have done extensive knowledge and research in that and they can tell us what to do and what's the, the best protocol to, to get back to game shape. So you talk about getting information from social media. Are the players' union or any of that stuff giving you information, basically how you get in your information? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a number of different ways. Um, obviously, social media is uh, a big part of news these days. Um We've obviously got player reps that are, are, are a part of the, the, the board meetings or discussions or whatever that the, the players have. And then 
um, the, the president, Chris Paul, and those guys are in probably a lot bigger discussions with uh, with the, the big dogs of the league, and that kind of gets filtered down as well. So um, we obviously get some information. If we don't really get, well, I definitely I don't get the, the groundbreaking news, but um, yeah, we get we get information, and obviously, I mean, honestly, it's not not too much different to what eventually it obviously gets put out. So we. We kind of know the same thing as everyone else right now, and um, I think the best thing the NBA is doing is, is trying to get as much knowledge as possible before making a decision, which I think is is the right decision. Obviously, when we first this first happened and we got back from OKC those first couple of weeks, it was a, a pretty scary time, and um, obviously it's still it's still a dangerous and, and kind of scary time. But um, I think we know a lot more than we did back then, and then. Um, Obviously, we, we want the, well, the NBA wants to know as much as possible with, with some other leagues. I think the German Soccer League was starting up and a couple other leagues around the world are starting up so they can get some more information from that and see how that goes and then obviously make a decision whenever they think um, they've got to make a decision by. So you are part of the media, Joe. you got a podcast and I heard you scored some big-name guests. You really, you really, really, really heard, yeah, I heard my uh, podcast with Quinn lasted about 45 minutes longer than what yours did in your first interview with Quinn. You went 45 minutes and 45 seconds with <laughs> Quinn? That's awesome. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a good long conversation with him, and I heard yours lasted about five minutes before he told you he had to go and get back to his real job. You're going to let me go do my job? Yuck, where is that? Give me a minute. Who told you that? <laughs> I've got good sources. I'm in the, I'm in the media. It's all about sources. <laughs> it's all about sources. Don't <laughs> reveal your sources. Even if I'm looking at him and he's blushing and turning red right now, don't reveal yeah. him. If it's unsalvageable, unsalvageable, it came from a source. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Nice. Oh, well played, Joe. <laughs> well, what were some of the highlights there with Coach Snyder? Oh, man. I think, honestly, just uh, and my relationship is probably a little different to a lot of like player coach or, or even guys in our team because I've known him for so long and um, even previous to, to the Jazz kind of knowing him in, in Europe and stuff so um, it, it was it was cool just to be able to um, we, we didn't really want to talk about that much basketball but obviously kind of always he's the head coach and, and all his life he's been involved in basketball and so have I so it's a, a natural easy conversation so it was um, yeah, just to chat to him. I think he. Um, I mean, we weren't obviously like like anyone. Post game, pre game, you you you're wondering what kind of Quinn you're going to get. Hopefully, we were hoping that he was in a good mood, and he, he was in a great mood. So we had a, a really good chat. Went for a longer than we thought, and um, hopefully he listens to it. But he probably won't. So hopefully everyone else does. How much of the stuff that you could talk about with Quinn on your podcast, what percentage of that is what you could talk about with him if you were just in the gym? I mean, how deep can you really go? Um, probably a lot more off air or off podcast. Um, I mean, uh, as you guys know, he's he's a pretty um, kind of personal, keeps his personal life pretty much separated from, from his job and what he does. And, um, I, I mean, I can't, I couldn't, 
I haven't listened or read every interview he's done, but I would imagine a lot of them are very family orientated, and and he sticks to to what his job is and obviously what he's really good at. And um, yeah, I mean, I, me and him have had tons of conversations about real life stuff and families and our kids and um, stuff like that, which is which is obviously like I said, we've we've got a great relationship and respect there. The trust is, is obviously there and. Um, so I feel like he's a, he's a guy that I could obviously I could sit and, and tell anything I needed to if it was something that I, I wanted to talk to him about. I saw a couple of newspaper stories on the internet from Australia where they were talking about how in this last dance deal that Luke Longley was not interviewed and they thought that was no mission. <laughs> and I know that you played for Luke Longley because I believe he coached you in the national team. So he's yep. got to have some Jordan stories. So why don't you tell us some right now? Um, yeah, he did. Uh, he, he did tell some stories every now and then. He he, he wasn't kind of walking around um, boasting about playing with Jordan or, or trying to tell the stories. But obviously, if you were sitting with him, you could ask him a question and he, he would always answer. And he, he told probably a few stories along the time. I don't know how, how long exactly he was with us, but he's with us for a few years. Uh, um, there was always stories that would come up or a situation would come up and he would he would have a story about it. And, um, you know, I obviously can't really remember him off the top of my head. Oh, come on, Joe. No, really. I <laughs> asked for a name. I'll tell him a name when I do something and five minutes later I've already forgot what I was meant to do. So it um, gets me in trouble quite a lot. So, um, But no, he, he was... I mean, you, he was never like he would never look at you a certain way if you asked a, a question about it or about Jordan or about that that three years he was um, part of those championships. But um, yeah, interesting that he didn't want to do any interviews or whatever about it. But it's not really uh, my business, is it? No, not really. But what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I when I read that he didn't want to do it, I thought, oh, boy, what kind of good stories are, is he sitting on? But after I saw the stories they that some of the ex-teammates were willing to share on camera, you know, Steve Kerr talked about the fight, right? And, and yeah. Burrell talked about all the abuse he took. Plus, they showed there was actually a – it looked like a shoot-around. Uh, there wasn't the training facility in those days. Uh, another time we can tell you about what the Jazz trained in in those days. It would blow your mind. But the teams, the visiting teams would come in, and they would just be in the arena. And with the green seats behind them, you knew full well they were in Utah, and Jordan yeah. was just lighting Burrell up. So I thought they kind of got the point across, although Luke probably has specific stories that I would have enjoyed hearing. You know, the greater point about how hard Jordan was on his teammates and how much he wasn't part of the team is more like a coach and not always like a teammate. I mean, you saw him cracking on guys in the locker room. I felt like they largely got that apart, uh, got that point across. Yeah, uh, I think um, it was interesting watching it, and, and I think that the biggest thing I took from the whole thing was how, and this obviously, had, I mean, I was three when the '90s started, so I wasn't watching. Uh, I wasn't watching the Bulls play or anything, but. Um, I think to watch it back and, and for my generation and, and later than me that didn't see anything, um, just to see how competitive he was and, and that, how determined he was to win at, at any cost. And that was, like you said, with with teammates, with coaches, he would get he would get mad at Phil Jackson for things, 
actually calling fouls at practice because he, he thought they needed to play through it with the way Detroit played them and, and New York or whatever the teams were and stuff. And um, I mean, it's, he, he like I said, it was it was win at any cost, and, and he was willing to whatever it was, do whatever he had to say to his teammates, to however he, however he had to uh, inspire them, and uh, maybe it wasn't inspiring at times, but. Um, the guys that were on those rosters won championships from it, and I guarantee they're not complaining about being a three-time or five or six, however many they won and were, were there for. Um, might have been hard at the time. You might have felt a bit. I mean, we do it at practice every day. We we get on everyone's back if you if you're late or you do something funny at practice or, or you're not or you're not switched on and ready to go. People get on your back, and obviously you can easily take it kind of two ways. You can you can be upset about it and, and get in your feelings about it or you just kind of not laugh it off but, but no you're not doing the right thing or you, you're late or whatever it was and, and move on and um, and don't do it again and uh, I think it just naturally happens within a competitive group of guys because you are all striving to, to be the last team standing um, and he was probably the epitome of that he was he was willing to do literally whatever it took to win and, and he did that obviously for his whole career. So how do teammates know when it's right and appropriate to get on a fellow teammate about whatever, and how do they know what tack to use? Yeah, um, that, that's a, it's an interesting, it's a good question. I'm, I'm sure you studied that all night to, to figure that out. I did. But. I did. I don't want to be on my game, Joe. I, I got up early because I knew you were coming on today. <laughs> um no, it's it's interesting, and, and I've been in different spots on teams where you're kind of expected to speak your mind and, and be a, a leader or, or talk at certain times, and I've been on teams that you don't or that I'm not expected to. It's a fine line of finding... Yeah, obviously everyone's different, and, like, different guy. Like, there might be a certain player you can absolutely yell at and scream at, and, and he knows... And the heat of the moment that you're not, you don't hate the kid, you don't hate the player. You're just trying to. Oh, I've done it. I do it to. I probably do it to Rudy the most in, in games, um, like yelling or screaming. He, he didn't do something, or maybe I threw him a fifty-fifty pass and he dropped, and it makes me like it makes me mad. But Rudy doesn't come to me and want like want to fight me. Like he understands the situation. We'll get to the next dead ball and we'll we'll talk about it in a with a, like a regular conversation or a timeout will come and. He'll give his version of, of what he thought happened and I'll give... Obviously, we, we don't have that much time in timeouts, but it's a quick, abbreviated version of, oh, I thought you were doing this or I thought you were going to screen here or pass here, and, um, and you move on. Um, me and Rudy do it... Like I've, obviously, I've played with him the longest too, so I've been with him the most. Um, we, we obviously are involved in a lot of actions together and, and it happens and we, we don't walk off the court and not talk to each other and hate each other and have a unsalvageable relationship. It's just a part of a part of the game. And I think he respects me for telling my telling my opinion and, and how and vice versa I respect for what he's gonna to say to me. So um, yeah, it's a real fine line of knowing the personality on your team, the guys, how they how they best respond to criticism. Is it in front of the team yelling and, and calling them out? Is it pull them up aside on the side of a drill when you, you subbed out and then say something then or in the time, on the side of a timeout. And, um, I think as you get to know your teammates and as 
like my personality is to talk regardless. Like I'm always going to say what's on my mind or what, what I think should be happening or shouldn't. Um, have I said things at the wrong time or to the wrong people in the, in the wrong way? Absolutely. Like I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the, the best leader in the world, but um, no, I'm going to get my point across. And if you disagree, we'll, we'll talk about it. I have, I have no issue um, talking about it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very fine line, but I think the longer you play with people, like oh, I can, I know what Quinn's going to say or do. I feel like I can can plan it before sometimes because I've been with him so long, and that's just a a part of building the relationships you have with within a team. Well, I'd love to uh, discuss with you uh, how Darren Williams threw the ball off Gordon Hayward's head, or <laughs> I'd love to discuss with you I heard that story. Never thought. Yeah, I haven't heard, heard Gordon say. <laughs> or I'd love to talk to you about the time. Carl Malone called Greg Ostertag a fat ass. <laughs> or what about when uh, when uh, whoever it was was it Delonte West like he's a wet Willie Gordon that's, in the ear that's another, the game yeah. with him? But that wasn't teammates. But that was a yeah that was a heck of a moment. Um, <laughs> or the time that a, a player said, and I think I remember which player, but I could be wrong, so I don't want to blur. But a player said, "I know players." forget plays, but it's stunning that you would forget the play and run it wrong coming straight out of a timeout. And it's even more stunning when the play is for you to get the shot. That was Andre, oh, yeah, you know, Andre Kirill. You know, I forgot that. You're not, uh, you might, like, everyone, I've played with millions of teams, but everyone forgets plays every now and then, or you have, like, a a moment where you freeze and be like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, like, what was I supposed to do there? But Coming out of the timeout when the play is for you, you should never ever forget that. Like, <laughs> that was... I'm not forgetting that. Like, you can tell me we're running like whatever, fist up 22, and I'm gonna like. As soon as I hear that, I don't even need to look at the board. Like, I know it's me, and I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, so, all right, uh... Joe, I wanted you to. This is the last thing. We'll let you go then. I want you to step into the time right, machine. I got all day with you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back five and a half years, October Jeez. of 2014. Jake has gone to the top top shelf and blown the dust off this baby. Here we go. You guys, I gotta go to work. You guys, can I get my job done now? <laughs> okay. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm coming back on next week, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you on next week. All right, if you gotta run, hit <laughs> the right, road, yep. coach. We appreciate it. Yep. All right, thanks. Okay, thank you. That was 300 weeks ago. He hasn't been back on. <laughs> and how long? Was he? <laughs> how long was he on before that? About five minutes. And what what did you do to make him leave? Nothing. It came out of the blue. We looked at each other, stunned. We're like, what? What? All right. Did they I'm, they obviously told you like, hey, you got Quinn on Thursday morning. You're gonna have him for like 15, 20 minutes. Yep. The in the interviews we get will usually run. 10 to 20 minutes. We've had people tell us, hey, he's only got 10, right? Where When you get authors on or people who are kind of doing the old ESPN car wash thing, they'll tell you they've got another interview coming up at, and you have to be done by that time. And sometimes yeah. they come to you a little late because the previous one ran over, so you might only have 10 minutes. Um, we really don't do interviews that go off to over 20 minutes very often. That's pretty rare. Except with me, when I keep talking. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you're, you're one of a kind, Joe. <laughs> We've talked often. When you retire and go to Australia, we're not getting another Joe Ingles show. This, this is a one-of-a-kind deal, and we love it. You know, <laughs> the, I mean, you guys probably knew how this like, whole thing started, right? 
no, I don't, to be honest with you. I was just smart enough to say, yes, we'd love to have Joe on. I really don't so, know the backstory. Even what? today, it surprises me that Dennis lets you do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day, let's just answer questions about Dennis. I've got plenty of questions for him. That'll um, end it. <laughs> no, because I'm pretty sure I started my second year doing, doing this. Yeah, I think so. Um, but my first year, like a bit of the year, there was talk about like people doing radio and blah, blah, blah. And then the second year, they were like, hey, do you want to do this radio show? And I was like, oh, yeah, like, who are the people? Like, who am I on with? And that was questionable, so that took me a bit longer to um, think about. I had to listen to a couple of shows, and I was like, these two old men, they're not very they're not very funny. They're definitely not good-looking, which is why they're on the radio. Anyway, I find out later, I say, so I end up saying yes, like, let's do it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do blah, blah, blah every week. And, I later find out that the only reason I got asked to do it in the first place was because Gordon said no. Whoever from the radio really <laughs> wanted Gordon, really wanted Gordon to do it. And I mean, you know, you guys know Gordon. Not on our show, no. You guys know. That's so whoever's in charge of this is really wanted Gordon to do it. But like, as, as you guys know, Gordon, like he's not. He's not going to get up every whatever day and like that's just not him. That's not a bad thing or whatever. He just does just not him. So they were like, oh well, I guess who else can we get that might hang around for at least a couple of years? And I just signed a, I think I signed a two-year deal at that point. Um, but yeah, Gordon could have. This could have been Gordon. Maybe we wouldn't have traded his. No. Bum. The, the way the way I remember it is I sat with you. They used to have the bleachers over at the practice. Yeah. They don't even have the bleachers there anymore. And I went over there and they had me do like five, ten minutes with guys and we didn't even talk hoop just to get to know them a little bit. And I sat with you. Then they had some deal at the arena on the floor where they did some I don't know, what was it? Something sneakers or something. And it was a dinner and I ended up sitting next to you and your wife or fiance hadn't moved over. So you and I and my wife was there and we had yeah. a conversation and I thought this guy would be a good dude. And so I went back and I said, here's the deal, guys. In order for me to continue at this station, oh, okay. I'm going to need to have Joe <laughs> on our show. Well, well, we'll That's the way it came about. I, I got told... <laughs> I got told later, like after I'd agreed to do it and all that, and they were like, oh, that's great, you're doing it. You're only doing it because Gordon said no. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, no. And now No, look. I wanted you. Now look. I, exactly. I yeah, it, well, it, it, and, and you actually. Thursday mornings in the history of Utah radio. Oh, yeah, no question. You've superseded what I envisioned, to be honest. And, and your, your commitment to doing it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're here. You, you you blew up. I didn't think you'd be this good of a player, honestly, but you did. And I remember texting you when it became obvious you were going to get, you were going to be even richer than you are. And I said, congratulations. It looks like you found a place in this league. It's awesome. And you texted me back. And and but I didn't think that it would last this long, and I didn't think it would be this good. But that's mainly a credit to you, not to us. No, it's been it has been a lot of fun. I did I, I didn't think at the start it would last this long either, but. It was, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's been a ton of fun, and um, this sounds like it's our last one, doesn't it? It's like we're about to break your band up. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like not. enjoying it, and that's, why we, that's 100% why we did the podcast, too, of, of giving the local jazz fan, I don't know how many players have done this in the past before me, or, or how consistently or in-depth they've gone, but try to give as real a 
20 minutes a week I can and win or lose, it's not going to, like, we've talked about how basketball is basketball and life is life and um, this is a, a good thing for people to understand and to, to realise. So I hope I've helped the jazz fans or the random Bob driving to work one day that accidentally put on the floor, baby. Um, so it's been fun, so we'll, we'll have to keep going as long as, well, I've got a couple more years to go, so they've got two more years of listening to us. Good. Good. We look forward to it. We appreciate it. Uh, no worries at all. Joe, thanks for coming on today and for uh, busting through the 20-minute mark. We love that. <laughs> I actually just put my phone down to see how long, and that's why I kept talking to make sure we were past it. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right, thanks, Joe. Uh, I got to go work out because we're going to be playing basketball soon. All right, all right, go, go work out. out. There you go. <laughs> there you go.